Hi, and welcome to the Ham Brothers Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Hudspeth, with my brother Emmett here. And uh, we are into week four of the SEC in college football. Let's run through the scores around the SEC this weekend. It was a big weekend. Um, a lot of teams kicked off their SEC schedules, including Auburn uh, and Alabama. Uh, so around the SEC, Kentucky takes down Vanderbilt 45-28. to uh, Tennessee beats UTSA um, 45-14 to in a bounce-back game from that Florida loss. LSU wins a tight one against Arkansas, 34-31. to That's a three-point game. That one came down to the wire. It was a good game. game yeah. It was a really good game. Florida beat Charlotte um, in a uh, 22-7. A little bit of a just, uh, you know, they're, they're coming off the high of that, that win over Tennessee, so they're going to have a little bit of a letdown there. Georgia beats UAB 49-21. UAB put up a good fight there. Uh, Memphis uh, loses to Missouri 34-37. to And then to me, somewhat of a surprising game after the way it was going, South Carolina beats Mississippi State 37-30. to And then the two games we're going to talk about most here, uh, Alabama beats Ole Miss 24-10. to And then, of course, Auburn loses to Texas A&M 27-10 out in Corpus Christi. Emmett, what did you think about the Auburn game? There's a lot of things to talk about with that Auburn game. Not even necessarily one problem to point to on offense that caused this face plant, if you will. Number one, or let's start with the least amount of problems that I had with Auburn's offense. Offensive line. I would say they didn't do the best, but they did really good enough to where we should have won the game. Um, yeah, I mean, first half, I think I think we were, we were averaging eight yards a carry. Eight yards a carry. We were giving up sacks, and I'll get to this in a minute because this is the most glaring problem to me, was Peyton Thorne holding on to the ball too long. Yeah. Um, the other problem that I had that's a fixable problem that's not, like, huge in my eyes, wide receivers dropping the ball. Yeah. We have a bunch of wide receivers. We can find somebody to get the ball to and move people around. Yeah, there are, there are critical drops. There was a drop touchdown late in the game. Felt like a touchdown. There was a dropped uh, back shoulder th- or missed back shoulder. That I, don't, I don't think you and can call it a drop because it went – through his hands. Yeah. And then there was a, a big third down, potential third down conversion that hit Camden Brown in the hands, and he went to tuck it and then dropped the ball. And it was just, I mean, you can't have that. And it's, that's even, that's almost worse than just like casual drops. Like, you got to be clutch. Like, I know that's asking a lot of somebody, but you're playing D1 football. You're getting paid now to play D1 football. Make the freaking catch. That I can't stand to see that. And then I can't stand to see when not only are the quarterbacks struggling to get you the ball, but then when they do get you the ball, you drop it. It's just make the play when it's there for you. You're not helping anybody. You're not helping yourself, and you're not helping the quarterbacks have confidence in you. Yeah, you know, and it's funny because early on, I guess my initial reaction to the game was Philip Montgomery and Hugh Freeze didn't help out Peyton Thorne with the rhythm that they were trying to get him in and, and some of the play calling that they did. And yeah. there was a lot of fingers being pointed at the play calling. So again, I like to do this after the game later on, I go back and I like to rewatch it because you know what the result is, right? So yeah. you can be a little bit more objective about, all right, are you doing what's right? Or are you doing what's wrong? Auburn first drive was a three and out. They did run, run pass. Um, and then the second drive, it was it was all runs, 
it was all runs until we were driving um, it down the throat. Yeah, and we were, we were we were rushing down the throat. Now there were a couple times. It was a second and five. We we're in A and M territory. Um, Jarquez Hunter had had the big run for a first down, another big run for a first down, and then he got five yards. And so it was second and five, and you're sitting there, and I thought, man, now would be a good time to kind of do some play action, throw it because. They're feeling like, hey, we got to commit guys. Yeah, they're on their heels. There, there were two options right there. The second Jarquez Hunter went down for five for a five yard gain. Yeah, you could have been like, put the ball down immediately. We're snapping again. We're running the same play. Sure. Either run, hurry up, or do exactly what you just said. Run yeah. a play action, bootleg, something like that. Yeah. And they pulled Jarquez Hunter at that point, I think, because he was probably exhausted because yeah. he had just ran basically thirty five yards. <laughs> down the field and then on the last run he had to fight for those five yards and he yeah. was bouncing off a guy so that was it was a tough run i'm there. almost getting to the point where i think we should have two running backs in at all times yeah i mean i mean that's hey look uh wishbone uh <laughs> well auburn, auburn did it with cadillac and ronnie brown yeah. it was actually a really big thing for them to do because you didn't know who's the ball going to who's going to be one of them ended up being a lead blocker and it was really tough to stop but you look at that and then the, the drive number three of the game, Auburn came out, and I think the first five plays of that drive, it was like an 11-play drive. Yeah. The first five plays of that drive were all passes. Yeah. And it was kind of crazy because you were like, all right, I'm glad you're giving Peyton Thorne now a chance to get in a rhythm. But at the same time, I was like, can we mix it up, though? Instead yeah. of just leaning run one whole drive, pass one whole drive, let's mix it up some. So – I'm not a big fan of screen passes. Yeah. Because typically when they are run, they're run on, for instance, later in the game, third and 25. Sure. I think that's incredibly stupid. Yeah. Because on third and, I don't know. I'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. But that's a screen pass is great to get a quarterback in rhythm. Like, hey, this is what it feels like to throw a complete pass. Yeah. yeah. Especially early on in the game. On first down, you can do it. And then it also spreads out the defense to open up the run game. Yeah. It does two things at once. Sure. So. I just don't understand why we're not doing that. But like you said, we're running five pass plays in a row when we just ran the length of the field down Texas A&M's throw. I just I couldn't understand what we were trying to do. Yeah, it didn't feel like we were really establishing one thing over the other. Texas A&M consistently had three defensive linemen, and they had the way they were playing them too. It was like two wide edges and then one kind of interior defensive lineman they'd line up as like a nose tackle, either right over the center or just off the shoulder. And it's like, hey, they're giving you numbers. I, I texted you during that moment, and I said, if there's only six people in the box, if there's six or less, run it up the middle every single time. Yeah. It's there. You're going to get five yards at least. Yeah. If there's more than six, pass it, because somebody's going to get open. Right. Yeah, and I think that's the big conversation going around with Auburn is what's going on with the offense from a play-calling perspective, from a route-running perspective. And then the other side of it is – you mentioned it, like Peyton Thorne's holding on to the ball too much. There are there are a lot of times where he took a sack after three seconds or more, and it's like, hey, you got you just got to throw the ball away at some point. Yeah. Just get rid of. It. I'd rather you throw a pick. I would legitimately rather trigger. you throw a pick than take a sack because you're too scared to throw it. I can't. I, after that first game in UMass, I watched Hugh Freeze throw his headset down and scream at Peyton Thorne, and you mentioned that that Hugh Freeze had said, "I don't think Peyton." Hugh Freeze was talking like, oh, Peyton doesn't really like to be yelled at. And I said it on the podcast then, and I'm going to reiterate Yeah, If you can't handle being yelled at, you cannot be a quarterback. I I just do not believe in you at all. I have no confidence in your mental toughness to go into an opposing field stadium and be a good quarterback. 
Yeah. The pressure's on, man. Yeah. You're playing SEC football. Get it together. He looked scared the whole time. Every time he would pump fake, it, it's like he didn't understand how to throw the football or the football was glued to his hand. Yeah. Just throw it, man. Just throw the ball. It, it was infuriating to watch. Yeah, you know, he. the other thing was, I mean, he was having an off day just from the get-go, and, and you kind of wonder what can what can you do about that mid-game because um, his first throw, very first throw on that first drive was third and ten, I think, and he – I don't know if he was trying to hit the guy coming on the shallow cross or if he was trying to hit Shane Hooks kind of sitting on a curl route at the ten-yard – at you know, ten yards out. But he overthrows the shallow guy, but then lands it well short of Shane Hooks. Yeah. And it was kind of like, I, I don't know if I don't know if he started to pull it and then stopped, but the ball had already left his hands or what. But it just seemed like it didn't know. And then he misses Jay Fair wide open, wide open oh, on that pass. That, that one hurt. One. Earlier, even before then, he'd missed Tyler Fromm running on a seam route right down yeah. the middle. He missed him high. Um, oh yeah, he overthrew him by like ten yards. When when you're doing that, I mean, you got you know, it's just like pitching or, or anything else, you know, or shooting a basketball. You've got to make an adjustment. Yeah, like you, you've got to be able to say, okay, I'm missing left, I'm missing right. Let me miss the opposite direction just to adjust my eyesight a little bit, you know, and adjust my feel a little bit. So uh, another thing I noticed, there was one play in particular. I, I don't ask the down or what time. Yeah, point in the game. Jay Ferrer is running an out route along with another wide receiver. I don't know who the other guy is. And then Shane Hooks is running across the middle. Yeah. Peyton Thorne is staring at Jay Fair, And he just continued to stare at Jay Fair. He yeah. never looked at another wide receiver. Yeah. And he is just pump faking. And then he gets sacked. Yeah. And that's what we're talking about when we're saying he's holding onto the ball too long. It's like you see the guy that you want to throw it to. You're just too scared to throw it to him. Yeah. So I think some of that comes from I've, – I've seen some of these comments come from some beat writers for Auburn. And that's that – there's beginning to be questions asked about either Peyton Thorne's decision-making ability or his comfortability in this offense, right? So I know after, I think it was the third drive, I think it was the third drive, when we drove down the field and then ended up kind of getting pushback from penalties, which we're, well, we'll talk about that in a minute too, but, yeah, you know, the penalties were terrible, but the you get pushed back, and I know he came to the sideline, and the camera caught him and Hugh Freeze talking, and it was clearly they were talking about you know why'd you make this decision, you know yeah. like like what 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 were you seeing, you know all that kind of stuff. But Hugh was clearly frustrated, and so was Peyton, and so you it makes me wonder if. Peyton, his whole life has been taught to make one set of decisions, and now he's making a totally different set of decisions, yeah. right? And so I think Peyton Thorne is really second, just constantly second-guessing himself, uh, right? I understand. Yeah. I, I understand, but that's not good enough for me. No, no, no. I'm not saying yeah, it's good. Yeah. I'm not saying it's acceptable. I'm saying... Either the Hugh Freeze has got to figure that out. Yeah, that, I mean, that, that's the reason why it looks like why he looks that deer in the headlights, yeah. why he's pump faking so much. It's because I think he's going, oh, I got to throw it there. Oh, no, wait, 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 wait. I shouldn't throw that. And then, bam, he's getting sacked. If I'm, okay, so yeah, either Hugh Freeze has got to figure it out or Peyton's got to figure it out. Right. If I'm Hugh Freeze, 
this is where I don't I don't like to criticize first year coaches because it's not really fair. I didn't even criticize Brian Horson first year coach, uh, and he was terrible. But you've got to be able to see that. Who knows who has been at Auburn before understands how Auburn plays, has been through some crap with all, Robbie Ashford. I, like that's why I wanted him to start. He already has the experience at Auburn in the SEC. He's won in the SEC against Texas A&M. And he's a running quarterback. Like he would have – I just feel like he fits Hugh Freeze's offense and Philip Montgomery's offense better than Peyton Thorne did. Um, especially with what we're seeing so far. I mean, we're not like doing some air raid attack. Now, if we were doing an air raid attack, I'd have been like, well, I can kind of see why we're not starting Robbie Ashford. But we're not. Well, and, and, and I agree with you. I think my issue with Robbie, and it's not Robbie's fault. Yeah. My issue with Robbie is that it seems like when he comes in – all they do is that student body left or student body right play, or they just run him on his own read, and it's like, you've got to let him throw the ball. Yeah, they let him throw it twice, and they were both good passes. They weren't caught because wide receivers dropped it, but yeah, they, they let him throw it more than twice. But like the two downfield passes that I was like, okay, this is him actually legitimately passing the ball, they were good throws, and – I was I was impressed. I was like, okay, wow, that's a pretty accurate pass. And one of them, it was a one-on-one, like, kind of tight coverage. And I was like, that's a pretty good place to put it. Um, yeah, it felt like I know the I know there was the the deep pass. They kind of just took a shot downfield, and there was a, a, a wait deep... a second. This might be the exact play that I was just talking about. With we're watching the Auburn game right now. This is it. He's staring at Jay Fair the entire time. Yeah, and he gets sacked. Sorry, we're about to do a live breakdown. <laughs> well, well I, I wanted to put it on because I I, I, uh, I was uh, third and 19. Let's yeah. run a screen pass probably. Uh, so third and 19, second quarter oh, here. Right Auburn in, runs oh. it right up the middle. This is uh, one of the holding calls, I think, it's yeah. called here. Now let's talk about the holding calls because they were absolutely phantom. Yeah. They were not holds at all. No, so I think the first one that was called, this is drive number two, first one gets called. Um, I didn't call it on that one. They didn't there. But uh, this is when Peyton Thorne gets like windmilled for, for, oh, we punt it? Yeah. So so drive number two, uh, it's a holding call, and it's called on uh, Gunnar Britton, I believe, left guard. And um, he's literally just pushing his guy downfield. And, and I think the guy tries to kind of break away, but he – he continues to push him and makes him fall down. He pancake blocks him. That's not a hold. A pancake block is a good block. No. Yeah, that that's that's not a hold. You're gonna grab the guy's jersey. I wanna I love that little thing that he just did, the punter. Yeah. Acting like he was about to fake it. Yeah. Just to like keep them off. Yeah. Because I knew they were taking the delay game. Right. That was a little genius football IQ play right there. Yeah, it was. Peyton Thorne walking off the field right there. I want to mention this. Yeah. Looks defeated. And it is the second quarter. Yeah, I mean, he, he didn't look great. Um, and I'm not I'm not saying he's been put in the greatest position to win. I'm not saying that at all. Yeah. But it's his ad, not attitude, I guess because I'm not hearing him. But, like, body language-wise, yeah. looks terrible. Looks like he's already lost the game before he even starts. Well, it looks like a lot of times, like, like I said, he's constantly second-guessing himself. Um, he's constantly... Uh, Skip forward to some Robbie Ashford here. Look, Robbie Ashford had a terrible pass in this game, but I'll tell you what, he just got right back up and was like, all right, whatever. Like, <laughs> just like I'm ready to go again. Yeah. You know, it, I just, I don't know. I look at it and I, I think 
Peyton Thorne, I, I somebody asked the question. They said, "All right, if you're if you're Hugh Freeze, who do you start this coming week?" And after pulling Peyton Thorne and not really putting him back in the game, you, like you mentioned, yeah. you put him back in on that third and twenty-five just for the sake of his passing ability. Um, I would have rather see Holden. Well, you saw <laughs> you saw you know Holden came in late in the game and but and that's in third and twenty five. I'm thinking, okay, if you're gonna put a passing quarterback back in, let's throw somebody in there that's actually willing to throw the ball. Number one, yeah. Number two, we know he is the best thrower of a football that the coaches have seen. Yeah, and let him throw it downfield. Well, I think yeah, I I, I agree with that. I, I think what's most frustrating about this game is that the game the defense played so well for yeah. Auburn. Um, they got you a touchdown. They made it twenty to ten at one point. They did everything they had to do. Right. They got you a turnover. They um, held them to two field goals at one point. Right. They they held the rushing attack in check for all until that junk long run at the end of the game. Um, I mean, it, it just felt like it feels like you're spoiling. The score doesn't reflect what this game told. Yeah, the story this game. Told. Well, you feel like if Auburn had any semblance of offense, uh, you know, at the at the quarterback position or or play calling, whatever you want to. Consider it, whatever you think the issue is. If they had any any type of movement there, you know, we could have won this game. We could have won this game going away, it feels like. Yeah. You know? Um, because AM really wasn't able to move the ball. I mean, they just weren't. In my honest opinion, Peyton Thorne should have been taken out after um really after that that last thing we just saw. The when we were watching Peyton Thorne, when he just stared down Jay Fair, because that was like Second quarter, there's still six minutes left. It's like, yeah, let's score before half. I think, yeah. Well, I mean, if you go back, so here's the deal. Uh, if if I go if I go back to what I was saying earlier about breaking down the the plays and, and breaking down the drives. So Auburn runs the ball all on the second drive. Auburn comes out on the third drive. I think it was eleven play drive. Most of those plays were successful. First play of that drive, they roll them out, which I love. They roll them out. They throw a little pass to Brian Batty out of the backfield. Batty is amazing. Batty gets 10 yards out yeah. of this play, okay? Um, next play, I believe, was a, uh, a zone read or a QB draw, maybe. Um, the QB draws were called at the worst times. Yeah. Or, I don't know, if, I mean, obviously they're just calling a QB draw because you can't really see how the defense lines up before you call it. So they're calling a QB draw. Peyton Thorne gets back there. Everybody in the crowd that is an Auburn fan, he's like, oh, they're about to blitz right up the middle. Yeah. Call an audible, Peyton. Or just don't and do your own thing and don't run into the blitz. Yeah, I mean, I think that was that was another frustrating thing for me was it was – and I'll, I'll, I'll say this, and this is going to make a lot of folks mad. The one thing I liked about Harson, okay, when yeah. Bo Nix was here, yeah, was – Bo Nix had the ability to check out of place. Yeah. And he started teaching Bo how to check out of place. Yeah. Now, Harson ran off Bo, and that sucks. Um, a lot of people didn't want him here. Um, I didn't want him here with some of the attitude issues he had. But, yeah. you know, I like the fact that Harson was actually teaching him. That's something I don't think you've seen Auburn do. Let, since Gus Malzahn has been at Auburn, Yep, that's that's the as one. the offensive coordinator. Auburn has not had a quarterback walk up to the line and check out of a Read play, defense. right? Based on what he sees on the defensive side of the ball. And to be fair, 
the first two years it would be it would have been unnecessary because really the check out of the play was which side you're going to run the read to. Sure. So, but after that, yes, it was bad. Like when Jared Siddham was there, we Jared Siddham should imagine Jared Siddham running a pro style offense at all. Right. It would have been amazing. Well, right. I mean, when you had Nick Marshall in, oh, this is the offensive passing dreams. Um, I was getting so mad at this point until I saw that flag show up. It, it it was it was a, it just it was at the end of the day it was a frustrating game for Auburn. Um, defense played great. Um, offense it just felt like couldn't get it. It I think that was maybe what was more frustrating was Auburn was putting together drives and then just couldn't finish a drive. Yeah, we could we could go to the thirty and then we either shoot ourselves in the foot out of it or yeah or you get a phantom holding call that, that pushes you that out of it. You know, twice two very good drives. Yep. And they weren't there. I never saw the Jarquez Hunter one because you know they went to some cutaway on the ESPN. Well, I think I think Hunter was uh, blocking his guy, and I think he basically pancaked his guy too. But they called it for a hold. But it's, I'm seeing holding right there on them too. Yeah, I, that's what that's what, another thing I was. I don't sure. think there's enough talk about the referees, Sean. I know you can't, you know, you can't dictate that or anything like that. But the you know the, there was some poor holding calls that ended up being very detrimental to Auburn. Yeah. You know, in key moments, because I think both of the holding calls occurred on plays where Auburn got a, a 10, chunk. 15 yard. Yeah, it was a play. 10 plus yard play. Um, oh my gosh. I'm just rewatching this. This is painful. Uh, well, what was I about to say? Oh, how about the backup quarterback curse happening to Auburn again? Yeah. Um, this you know, guy comes in, looks like a freaking superstar. Yeah, Wigman goes down, and, and you know, initially you think, uh, you know, hey, that's a good thing. But it feels like for Auburn, every time a backup comes in, they look like a superstar. I don't know what it is, but every Florida, time. Florida 2019, I think, wasn't Texas and m the other one? Uh, Arkansas, way back uh, when, we knocked out, uh, I think we took out Ryan Mallett, and then his backup came in and uh, just, we outscored him, but it was like a, it, it was a, 65 to 56 final score. Yeah. I mean, it was just a touchdown after touchdown kind of game. It was crazy. Um, yeah, so it was, a, it was a very frustrating game. A winnable game. That's, I think that's what's even more frustrating because yeah. I looked, I watched Texas and I was like, y'all are better than last year. I'll say yeah. that. Would have been a big momentum game for Auburn, too. It's, it would have been a great momentum thing because of who we're playing this week and especially the next two weeks. Well, yeah. Right. You could argue the next three weeks, right? Yeah. If you count Ole Miss in there too. So, um, but let's let's switch over there to talk about that for just for a minute. We'll, we'll probably come back to Auburn. I'm sure we will. But Ole Miss and Alabama. How much yeah. of that game did you see? Did you see a lot of that? Man, I tried to watch a lot of it, I, and I, it was on the TV for when I was sitting in front of the TV for a while. Yeah, but I could not pay attention to everything. First of all, I was in the worst mood of all time. <laughs> Number two. I don't know. Watching Bama can just be very boring. And I, it's almost like I, coming into this game, I was like, Ole Miss is not going to beat Alabama. Yeah. Like, I just had a feeling that day. I was like, Ole Miss can't do it. So I, I, I honestly think, I think a lot of people believed Ole Miss was going to win the game until, and it was very early in the week. Lane Kiffin said But once stuff. Lane Kiffin started started Why? mouthing off, you knew you're not, you're not going to win this game. Why? Yeah, you just woke up the sleeping giant. Well, it just felt Bama like, looked like Bama again on it, defense, at least. Honestly, it feels like he's talking himself out of the win. Yeah, right. You know, like it feels like 
he's making this a bigger game than what it needs to it's be. It's just Alabama. Right. It's just it needs to just be another game for yeah. them. Um you know, it was uh it was a game that honestly it was seven to six at halftime. Ole Miss was leading. Um Ole Miss had put together a, a drive or two. Um but then their their offense really kind of sputtered. Um I know Jackson Dart threw one deep ball pick that was a bad throw. Um, felt like a really kind of poor decision, but then an even worse placement of the ball. Um, Alabama, you know, they put together drives, but it was really some of the same things you saw uh, versus, yep, that one goes right through his hands. Um, Watching that play again of the one that goes through Javarius Johnson's hands. Yeah, you got to come up with that one. So, and he gets hurt on the play. Sick. Um, you know, but but it felt like Sorry. it felt like Ole Miss, you know, really had a chance to, you know, do something in that game, and 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 it, but then it felt like Alabama slowly just kind of chipped away. It felt like Alabama kind of started to figure out their offense and figure out what yeah. they needed to do, but they're still not fully kind of clicking, and I think they've got issues. Um, so a lot of what I think you see across the SEC is going to come down to matchups. I, I really think that's really where the SEC is at this year. There's a lot of teams that have equal capabilities in terms of their total team. Um, but you're not going to see, you know, in some games you're going to see them blow out another team. And then in another game that you think they should win, they're going to get blown out just because the matchup isn't there for them. I'm, I'm laughing because it's funny you said that because there, there was a model that came out today. Mm-hmm. Auburn is favored against Georgia in this model because <laughs> Georgia's rush allows like 3.5 rush yards per attempt. Well, I, I mean, Auburn's going to have to do something. <laughs> We're going to have to start. We either start Robbie and we go back to 2013 and – run the RPO just over and over again. Hurry yeah. up offense. First of all, that would probably work because the new clock rules. So it would give not give Georgia an, an opportunity to just run it or run up the score. So, yeah. Uh, or you put in Holden, which I'm not against. At this point, I'm honestly down for anything. Like call carry on and just put him in a All right. So so who do you who do you start this weekend? Robbie. You start Robbie. I think he's I give him the earning He's earned it factor. Yeah. Just because of what he did last year. I don't know. That's like kind of cheap, but he literally put the team on his back last year. He was playing hurt through half the games. He's literally willing to die for it. And as Al Pacino says, it's the guy who's willing to die for that inch. That's going to, that's going to win. So I want to see him. I want to see him get his fair shot out there because practice. I mean, I don't care about practice. Well, you don't, you don't, you don't get to see all of Robbie in practice, right? So yeah. Now, I, I don't disagree. I, I think they should start Robbie if you're going to pull Peyton Thorne and not put him back in the game, right? Like, there's a there's the mantra of I'm going to pull put in Robbie to try to spark something. But if you're going to do that, if you're just trying to spark something, you're putting Peyton back in as soon as that spark does or doesn't happen, right? And then – but you never saw Peyton come back in. Well, if I were Hugh Freeze. So that, that tells me – Peyton's not starting against Georgia. Well, in my honest, humble opinion here, as much as I wanted Peyton Thorne to win and do good and all this kind of good stuff, yeah, I hope they left him in Texas because I don't want him to see him on the field again. 
Well, I'd rather ride or die with Robbie and Holden. Just like, let's go. Let's move on. We're playing for the program, not for this year. Well, and I, I do think I do think at this point you have to look at Robbie and what he can do, his leadership, how the team buys him behind him, how he's going to play hard for Auburn, yeah. all that kind of stuff, if you let him throw the ball, right? If you let him actually run the full offense that he's capable of running, and I know that may be a limited offense, but let him do what he can do, back off the defense a little bit and do that. And I want to see Holden be the first guy off the bench. Yeah. Yes. Peyton, honestly, just not even Peyton. Whoever's fourth string should just be the new third string. I mean, he's had three games as a starter to earn the spot. Yeah. And you couldn't do it. Yeah. Never. That's terrible, man. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty hard on him, and I want Peyton gone. Or not gone, but he doesn't need to touch the field again. Well, I, I do think, you know, I wouldn't mind maybe seeing Peyton later on this season or even maybe next year, right? Yeah. After he's here for a year, and maybe he can finally get coached up on what reads to make. Because he can be an extremely accurate quarterback. Yeah, he's got talent, and he's got the ability. He's got legs. He can run. I mean, he can do all these things. He can throw it deep. He can, he can hit any kind of pass you need him to hit. If he's confident in his throw, I'll be honest. Put Robbie in, start him the rest of this year. Holden's the first guy off the bench. Holden needs to be the starting quarterback next year with Walker White learning underneath him as a freshman. Yeah. Richard. That's would be my plan for the program. Yeah. Yeah. So. Em and I took a break here uh, and just really just went through the Auburn game, went through all all of Auburn's offensive possessions. And, I mean, after seeing all the offensive drives there, Emmett, like, did your opinion change at all? It actually got worse on Peyton. My I'm, opinion of Peyton got worse somehow. No, I, I agree. I mean, I, 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 was, I was pretty high on Peyton Thorne when he was coming in here. Um, well, we all were because everything we heard and had seen was – He's okay. a 6,000-yard passer. He's 6,000-yard passer. He's played in big games before. Yeah. And then he comes to Auburn, and it's like all of a sudden the SEC pressure just like cuts him wild. I don't know. I don't understand what happened when he got here. Well, when you when you go back and watch the tape, it, it was crazy. The, on, on film, when you look at all the decisions he made in terms of where he scrambled to or when he tried to break the pocket when he shouldn't have broken the pocket. I mean, there were numerous times where he ran into the rush. There, the one specifically that me, I talked to you about on the phone on Saturday. Yeah. He literally, before the play, the ball is snapped. There's 20 seconds left on the play clock. He looks at the guy about to blitz. Yeah. Stares into the windows of his soul <laughs> and catches the ball and runs right at him. <laughs> what are you thinking, man? And yeah. There's a guy wide open for the for the bubble screen. Yeah, and it's the blocking setup and all that. I mean, it, it's things like that. Where that the it, play call is great. Yeah, but the execution is terrible. And you know, you hear Robert Griffin the third and and um and, and the other announcers talking about how Auburn's receivers aren't getting open. Let me tell you, go back and watch the film. Auburn's receivers are open. Peyton Thorne is just double clutching, and he will not pull the trigger on the ball. They're either getting open or they're at least getting into a one-on-one matchup where they can catch the ball. Right, where you at least need to throw throw it away or throw them a 50-50 yeah. ball. Yeah. Throw a low-risk pass. There was many opportunities for us to have 
more than 56 passing yards this game. Well, and I'll say, you know, I didn't get to see Holden Gariner when live. Um, I didn't get to see it in game. So that was my first chance to actually see him lead that drive down the field. And my opinion of him, my opinion of him was pretty high early on. You yeah. know, if it wasn't going to be Peyton, I wanted Holden. Yeah. It's even higher now. Yeah. I mean, he led that drive down the field. He threw two deep balls into the end zone that, you know, one was one was a, not a poor pass. It was just a very safe throw to make, and yeah. he, he kind of threw it out of bounds. The second one actually dropped in was a catchable ball, and, and our receiver caught it, Hooks caught it, but he was a step out of bounds, yeah. you know, and I'm barely. Foot, he, footwork caused him to go out of bounds. Yeah, if he had turned his ball. shoulders the correct way initially, he could have caught that ball and toe-tapped and kept his feet in. Yes. Um it was a great pass. It was. I'm still on, and I look. I'm not knocking Holden anymore at this point. After watching that drive live, because I got to see it live, I was yeah. Like, okay, this guy's pretty legit. Yeah. For me now, it's like I want Robbie because of what he's already been through. It's like let him get a shot. Sure. I think he's earned the chance to run a good offense. Well, and I think after Robbie's what first two drives on that one long drive he had, you really saw him I'm, I, start I to say put he things to call plays. Well, I, I think you – I mean, we talked about it while it was happening. We're like, man, this almost looks – some folks are going to get cringe about this, but it looked like Gus Malzahn, like old Nick school Marshall, Gus Malzahn, yeah. Nick Marshall, you know. Trey Mason. Yeah. And look, you can cringe at it all you want. I, I know there's a lot of people that cringe at it, but when Gus was running Gus's offense, yeah. it was fantastic. Everybody knew what we were going to do before the game, and they couldn't stop it, no matter how hard they tried. So – you can say what you want about it, but it was a good offense. He went away from it after 2014, and that's when Gus started not being good anymore. Yeah, he so and and that long drive for Robbie ended with he took a sack on a play, and it was just an all-out blitz. There wasn't much he could have done after um, throwing a touchdown pass that was dropped. Yeah, he did throw it. He did throw a great deep pass, I think, again to Shane Hooks, and it hit Shooks in the shoulder pad. Yeah, I don't know where else you wanted to put it. Um. I think that's the second time the ball has hit him in the pads and he's and it's bounced off his pads. It shouldn't hit you in the pads. If it's hitting you in the pads and you're not getting right. your hands up. Right. Um so so that <clears throat> and then after that, you know, he throws the ball away. I, th- I thought he'd made a good decision to break the pocket, roll out, he throws it away, but then there's holding in the backfield on on one of Auburn's offensive linemen that puts it into third and 25 or so, and then it was just, you know, there's nothing happening after that. So, um, I think the main takeaways I took from Robbie and Holden's drives and all of Robbie's because Robbie did get more drives than Holden, but yeah, in those two quarterbacks' drives, they were making decisions. Yeah, that was the main thing. They were confident about what they were doing, they were mm-hmm. going out there and just doing what they had to do. It also felt like they took more deep shots. I mean, yeah. both of them. You know, it felt yeah. like they threw the ball downfield, and that was one thing I said was they weren't scared to do before that. we got to the Holden Drive. You know, we paused it and we we're just chatting, and I thought, have we thrown the ball down like yeah. vertically downfield yet? There was two that I can remember, and it was Robbie's. One was uh, thrown overthrown by twenty yards. His first throw was terrible. Yeah, um, and then he threw the one that went straight through the guy's hands. It wasn't really like a go route, but it was like. It was at least 15 yards downfield, I'm pretty sure. Well, you know, and that's the thing. I mean, on the TV broadcast, you can't see all the routes. You can't see fit where folks are and, and whether they're open or not, but in, in all of them. But in, in a lot of them, you can. Yeah. Um, 
and and you wonder how many times was the guy just just running a burner deep, right? And it's like, hey, just throw it up deep just to make well, the safeties what, drop. That's what the Shane Hoax touchdown pass that he dropped was. Yeah, yeah, it he was. Just ran straight to the end zone. Yeah, it was first and ten. Um, we were on the Easy thirty read. yard line. I mean, it was just, yeah. uh, hey, he's got one on one. Let's see if he can go get it. You know, and um, he couldn't. I mean, frankly, that's how that's how Texas A&M scored one of their touchdowns. They had one-on-one. Their guy ran a deep post. He runs across the middle and catches the ball sliding into the end zone. We had two guys coming over, and neither one of them could get the ball out of the air. I felt like it would have been better to have thrown that ball 10 yards further back, a 40-yard throw as opposed to a 30-yard throw. Sure. Just so it loosens the defense out or spreads the defense out a yeah. little bit more. Um, but still, like, should have been caught. Yeah, and, so and at the point, if he would have caught the ball, the score is then twenty to seventeen. Yes, twenty to seventeen. It's a it's a, it's a totally game. different game. Totally different game. Defense at that probably point. gets a little bit more fired up. Oh, for sure, ball. for sure. I mean, they were they were. I mean, you know, they were let down after that drive because yeah. um, Auburn walks away with no points there from the thirty. Remember, we we got to the thirty yard line. Yeah, got to the thirty got yard no line. Points. Yeah, um, it was it was pretty pretty crazy to go back and watch that and see how many poor decisions were made by Peyton Thorne and how many times he he made the wrong read. It wasn't even necessarily the wrong read. It was just a lot of times he just – he ran into the rush. He ran into his own sack, and it was just, what are you doing, you know? Um, double clutching a lot, not pulling the trigger on throws. You know, you got to throw the ball. and Abandoning the pocket when nothing – there's no need to. Yeah. It's just a simple step forward and then you're good. Yeah. Or step backwards. That was another thing. He would keep stepping forward instead of backwards. I don't know. That doesn't even make sense logically. Well, I mean, you know. Unless you see the lineman go behind you. Right. That's the only time you would step forward. I think that's the thing is, you know, you get trained as a quarterback to slide up into protection and whatnot. But he was almost – but he was he was bringing his eyes down, trying to find where the yeah, rusher was, was coming from. The pass. Yes. It's almost like he couldn't feel yeah. the pocket. And I think that was something that – Holden, Holden did, a did a, probably do, it probably does the best job yes. of or multiple times where he did have the same sense of pressure on him that Peyton did, but he stays in the pocket and just moves within the pocket and then delivers the ball. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest. Like watching Holden, he's probably the best quarterback we have. I, I think so, and I think I, I think I, he opens up both parts of the offense: I, the run and the pass. I agree with you. I just. The reason I still oh, I, I'm Robbie here with you on Robbie. leadership, and he's already led this team before. I guess is what I mean. Like, no, he's I, already been there. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't disagree with that. I think he should get the start versus Georgia. I really do. Um, I, I think he should be the guy. So well, Holden should definitely be the first guy off the bench. Peyton I, again. Yeah, maybe hang up the pads until you get the yips out of you or whatever's wrong. Yeah, with he's you. got he's got something mentally There's going something on, going you know, on. where he's not able to pull the trigger yeah. or just doesn't it's grasp the offense. The yet. Yeah. I don't know what's going on. I don't know. Um, well, welcome to the SEC, Peyton. Yep, that's it. So, I mean, there's a lot of big games coming up. I mean, we're now on SEC play. We're coming up on week five of um, the SEC schedule. Of course, Auburn-Georgia is this weekend. You've got Kentucky versus Florida. Um, Kentucky got a big win uh, versus Vandy, and I know it's Vandy. But the one thing I did see from that game that I've been kind of discounting was Kentucky's defense's ability to get to get turnovers and yeah. and make touchdowns, their defense is a ball hawking defense. Um, I think they got two pick sixes in that game uh, versus Vandy, and I think 
They got two versus Ball State. Um, they've gotten a lot of those throughout the season. So it feels like maybe that's just their mantra, you know. And and you can say, well, their offense isn't good. Well, every time the defense scores a touchdown, it kind of takes a possession away from the offense. You know, I mean, it's yeah. great. You get seven points out of it. But, you know, now, now, now the defense is back out there again. Yeah. Before the season started, we said the SEC East was kind of turning into like the 90s again. Yeah. Not the same teams necessarily, but there are three undefeated SEC teams, I believe, left in the SEC. Yeah. Georgia, Kentucky, Missouri. That's wild. Missouri did get a big win over Memphis. And um, K-State. We didn't really talk about the K-State one enough. Yeah, yeah. 60-yard field goal from the same guy who missed it against Auburn. For, uh, from like 25. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So he, he nails that one. Um, pretty crazy. Yeah. Uh, Pretty crazy for Memphis to be up there. Well, you know, we talked about in the preseason podcast for them. We said, you know, hey, they got to get over the hump. We didn't know if they could do it. They've got Vandy coming up. <clears throat> we actually gave Vandy the win over, but I don't think that's going to happen. Wow. I think, I think Missouri gets the win over Vandy, and then that LSU Missouri game is actually going to be a pretty good matchup. Yeah, I mean, Missouri's going to be rolling in there undefeated uh, versus LSU uh, with. I mean, I, I don't know who to pick in that one at this point. Everything's weird now. We'll, we'll, we'll make those picks. So let's run through the upcoming schedule here for week five, and then we'll make our picks on the Friday podcast as to who's going to win. So Florida's got Kentucky. Georgia's got Auburn. Missouri and Vandy play this week. South Carolina's got Tennessee. South Carolina got a big win versus Mississippi State. That's who we picked. And that game kind of came down to home field advantage. Yeah. I mean, it, that, and that's what we said. That was our deciding factor. We went back and forth on that one. Uh, but we called South Carolina to get the win over Mississippi State. They're yeah. pretty pretty happy. By the way, outside of the Auburn Texas A and M game, week four we got all the picks right. So we nailed that one. Now we've gotten some other things wrong. We won't go into yeah. that, but we did get that one right. Um, let's see. Uh, already said that one. Already said that one. Bama has Mississippi State in Starkville. Arkansas and Texas A and M are going to be playing in Dallas. LSU and Ole Miss play. That's a big game. Corn dogs. Um, and that's it. That's it for the SEC. So, um, should be a pretty exciting weekend of football um, across the SEC. A lot of big games. Auburn's the CBS game this weekend. Unfortunately. Um, yeah. So, there'll be tons of stoppage there uh, for all the commercials. That we Although, love getting. you know, CBS had the Alabama Ole Miss game. Yeah. Brad and Vern. Yeah, so they, they so that sometimes now they're going to the Big Ten matchup. So CBS now has a dual, a dual broadcast. Yeah, for so this they've year only. they've got yeah, so they've got the SEC and matchup. We still somehow got the CBS game. Yes, we did. So then they Dude, go to they go to a Big Ten matchup. I cannot after that. wait for them to be gone. I know um, we're losing money, but like I don't even care. Yeah, I I, I think the SEC I'll should, the should make song. a better deal. I'll miss the theme song too. It's the song. Da, 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 da. I'm glad we got that recorded. Yeah. So that's good. That's We're good. That's gonna be the new intro song there right there. Just the just the first three like lines <laughs> of the CBS intro. That'll be our new intros. Emmett's intro of the CBS intro. All right. Well that'll do us uh, do it for us here on uh, this episode of the Beham Brothers Podcast. Uh, we thank you all for listening. Don't forget to like and follow us on Facebook and Twitter for all the SEC news, stories, and more.